0: Welcome back to the Freedom Men's Podcast. I'm Sterling, and I'm here with Kyle. What's up, what's up, what's up? There you go. It's like a DJ, like an MC. I love it. Uh, and we're talking about part two of Unconnected Men Die. And this is really how. Last time we talked a lot about the why right. and setting things up of what, of course, Jesus and Paul were talking about with scriptures, but why we as a as a, as a a group of men should connect to others. And today is really more about how. You pretty, pretty excited about it?
1: Yeah, we got into the middle of last month in August, and we're like this is so good. There's so much here that we need to do it again. And that's how important we feel like connection is. Connection is so important. We gave it two months (laughs) on the podcast. We could have given it more. So here we go. (laughs) So don't be bored with this conversation. You just know it's important. We got to take it to heart and we got to
0: all take baby steps to move in the right direction. Yeah. To create these intentional healthy relationships as a group of people. Yes. Uh, so uh, let's just talk about this real fast. What, what What do you think the perception that we want our men's ministry to have in this church should be? What, what should that perception be?
1: Yeah, I mean, I could go through a long list of bullet points of what we want men and freedom to look like, right? Right. I mean, we want them to be servants. Right. That if there's a need, a widow in the church, or there's yeah. a need outside, man, our men should be some of the first to respond. Yes. We also want our men to be humble. Yeah. Right? that we humbly apply ourselves to areas of our life. We want them to be great fathers. We want them to be great husbands, all those things. But we also want them to be great men of God that are pure, that are righteous, that are blameless. We also want them to be connectors. And that's why we're here talking today about connecting with others because men can be one of the hardest species of animals. Yes. Take all giraffes and iguanas and ant farms (laughs) and all of these things. All of these species of the animal kingdom, right? a man, can be
0: one of the hardest to connect with. Yeah, that's really true. And and, and I think, really, Scripture is pretty clear with that when it comes to, again, Philippians, which is a really great uh, selfless and connection passage that we read some of last time, too. But in uh, verses 3 through 5, it says, Don't be selfish. One of my favorite passages. Don't try to impress others. How difficult is that? Uh, Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves, which is... Dichotomy. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, and this is you know what what you're saying in the animal kingdom, but just as men, we we don't really think this way. In fact, I think we're wired from a, a young age to really not this way you get around another group of guys i mean you kind of see who rises to the top who's the alpha and so to to have jesus really be expressing this and paul being you know rewriting what jesus is saying in a lot of ways don't be selfish yeah Uh, to be be more humble you could every
1: man this is this podcast right now you really need to take one of those note cards or print this off on your computer and type this verse write it down philippians 2 Three, 3 through 5, five. Philippians yeah. 2, 3 through 5, and tape it on your bathroom mirror. Yes. Put it in your car because this really sums up all of our weakness. Yes. Don't be selfish. Yeah. This has got to be the man's verse of the Bible.
0: Yeah, and it's it's it continues on a few verses later and talks about uh, kind of what our tendencies may be when we're not thinking of this and kind of addresses those too. And it's he says uh, in 2 verses 14 through 16, do everything without complaining and arguing. Some uh, passages, some uh, translations say without grumbling. Yep. And that's, you know, how, don't we grumble about everything? Yeah, oh yeah, We, uh, we about grumble you. about everything that's on the news. We grumble about everything that's coming up in our world. Uh, we grumble about, you know, everything that's going on around us. And it divides us as a body of Christ, as, a, as a, 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 really a group of Christians. And I think the world kind of sees that. And so Paul's addressing that and saying, do everything without complaining and arguing, without grumbling, so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people as you hold out the word of life. Well, I was gonna ask, what, how do you think doing these things, putting others first, changes the perception <laughs> of Christianity with non-believers.
1: Well, I think just doing this just shows that we are Christians in the beginning. And yeah. he says, in the middle of a crooked and perverse world, yeah. there's a reason why it's, you know, people are called crotchety old men, <laughs> you know, grumpy old men, Yeah. right? They even made movies about it, right? Back in the 90s about grumpy old men, because we can get that way. Yeah. As men, we can be grumpy and crotchety yeah. and complain, man, we, we complain, yeah. Yeah. And we complain. And if we can, as Philippians is telling us, we can shine as Christians by being the non-complainers. Yeah. By having a smile on our face. Yeah. By being positive instead of negative. By looking at the glasses half full instead of half empty. We We all know those cliches. But this is really the test of our manhood. Yeah. And the older we get, the harder it is. Yeah. Because the older you get, you start to see the patterns of life. Yes. You really start to see, and it breaks down so hard that most things don't change. Right. And most people don't change. Come on, Solomon. And systems don't change. Yeah. But what's great about being a kid is that they don't know that anything can't change. Right. They believe that the right. world can. Full of hope and faith. Yeah. They got all this vision. But then at some point, I don't know what age it is, <laughs> you start to go, oh crap. Everything stinks. No one's nice. We live in a dark world, and you get crotchety. But Christianity says oh, for us man. to put on this hat and attitude that yes. Jesus yes. had, and that w- maybe in a smaller way, can we change the things that are going on in Germany right now? No. Can we change the things that are going on in Russia right now? No. Right. But what we can change is our world. Yeah. Our zip code. Yeah. Our church, our people. I, I got a little funny thing here, and I know yep. I use golf as a lot of examples, but <laughs> most people recognize these two names. There are two golf legends okay. in the world. There's a Jack Nicholas. And Adam Sandler. No, not even close. <laughs> a Jack Nicholas, and there's a Gary Player. Okay, Both of them are probably in their 80s right now. Both of them were at the top of the game, world's number one when they were young. But you look at both of them, one of them I aspire to be like, and it's not the one who won the most. Jack Nicholas now, in his later years, is out of shape, and he's not flexible. Okay. Gary Player, on the other hand, is in shape and is very flexible. Okay. And I'll look at this as just a, an example from my own life, not just physically, but also spiritually and emotionally. Yeah, that's good. We get to this point in our life, and you may have been a great guy in your 20s and 30s, but at 80, are you still flexible yeah. and in shape? Yeah, Can you still bend down and touch your toes? Can you still put your arms around your back? Can you be flexible in the physical? Yeah. But watch also how it bleeds over into the spiritual and the natural. Am I going to be at 80? Stiff, crotchety, complaining, and negative? Yeah. Or am I going to push through the obstacles? And it will be hard and become flexible, positive, and help others. Yeah. And, oh,
0: it's our life mission. And then James um, talks about we will know your faith. We will know your life based on your actions. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's always a funny gray line in Scripture of uh, it's faith not through works that we are saved. But then also, if you don't have any kind of works, if you don't have any action... Uh, th- it says they will know you by your faith. They will know you by the good works and the care that you take for others. Uh, and faith without works is dead. Yes. So how, how would you suggest we actually, as men, we're, we're just kind of casting a little bit of vision, but maybe reminding some other guys as well, kind of what the purpose is, really what we're trying to do long-term. To yeah,
1: end up. yeah, I think purpose. We have a lot of events. We go to Ranger Games. Right. We, we, f- we go fishing. We have men's breakfast on a yeah. quarterly uh, I think big picture is to, you're the small groups, Pastor, right. is to have these small groups in these places where almost big picture the events are a big net. Yeah. And the small groups are more of a small net. And those events lead people into deep conversation. Yeah. You're not going to have deep conversation at a Ranger game, no. you know, with French fries and hot dogs all around you and people screaming, you know, go team. <laughs> but at the end of the day, that is just a place to make that first connection. That then goes deeper yes. to the coffee, to the lunch, yeah. to the time together. Yeah, makes sense. Yes, well, what absolutely. do you think?
0: No, I completely agree. I think that's that's exactly what I had imagined, and what uh, from my own time with other leaders as well, uh, especially men's ministry leaders. Uh, kind of how do you get men connected when we're all really busy, when we all have different personalities, when we all have different life experiences, and things that we have to take care of? How do you actually connect with them? Well, those events really are the are, are the ways. Uh, but then from those events. And the the problem is right now, uh, we don't have a lot of men's small groups and we do need more. So, uh, you know, we'll just kind of put that out there. One thing that we don't really have are a lot of men's small groups, which is really, um, it's uh, to a detriment as far as discipleship goes here at this church uh, to, to not really have those. I don't think a lot of churches do. In fact, I know of a lot of churches, even close and in the DFW area, uh, that don't have any in their church, but to have a few is good. We need more. And, and I think of these men's events at church, kind of combining those together here,
1: everyone has a bubble. Yeah, And you keep people based upon your relationship with them at different spots in the bubble. You know, there's some people in the church you see and you're like, hey, 10, 15, 20 feet away. Hey, what's up, bud? How you doing? Right. You don't even know your name. You just call them bud, pal, <laughs> hot shot, mate, hot <laughs> shot, superstar, whatever, right? There's that but then as the bubble gets closer, you put more people in yeah, and, and you may have someone that's a two to three foot person away. Yeah. And then there may be people, and you should have, that are a hug, yeah, that are a close, you know, the old bro hug, yeah. put the shoulder the in. The
0: the shake and the hug.
1: Yes. And you have those. And so we need to make sure that we're not keeping everybody at this 10, 15 foot, yeah. that we're progressing people through the bubble to get a good core of friends around the church. And then all of this also shows us where our body language is at. Yeah. We talk about how to. Body language says everything. Yes. You stand against the wall, your arms crossed, you're looking down, you got a grumpy face, (laughs) right? You're telling people you're unapproachable. Yeah. You're on your phone the entire time, and phone, the phone has become an excuse for awkward moments. So you feel awkward. No one's talking to you. What do you do? You pull out your phone and pretend like you're texting someone, or you pull out your calculator and you're two plus two equals four. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing on that phone, but that phone has become an escape from the social environment oh, yeah. you're in. No question. So we as men of freedom, how we have to have better body language. Yeah, we got to go up and be the ones, like we said in the last podcast, and shake the hand first. Yeah, and there's
0: statistics all about that where uh, it's 85, roughly 85 percent of your communication to someone. What they pick up is nonverbal. Yes, not what you say, not your actual words, but how they perceive you. Your nonverbal, your like you're saying, your body language, yep. your facial expressions, uh, your openness to yep. them. If your body is turned away or tor- turned towards them, um, your you know just even your your tone of voice when you're talking yes. to them. The, the the speed at which you speak. If you're not interested in them, you're talking real slow. Not really saying a whole lot. It's not even that you're saying bad things, you're just not saying much or slowly or without any energy. You know
1: what would be a fun experience uh experiment, Sterling, is if we on a Sunday morning got one of those police little uh, camera camera things that set like you see those towers that are like the mall or a music park. Please do this. And put it up in the middle of the church and on Sunday mornings watch. (laughs) And we can tell just by body language who's connecting. Who's not? Yeah. Who's uncomfortable? Yeah. Who's ready to end the conversation? Yeah. Because you walk it, people start turning yes. their feet. But if you're really engaged, you're matching each other. If you watch people that cross their arms, they, the other person will cross their yeah. arms. Oh, yeah. People that come here, go there. And you match body expressions based upon likability yeah. and connection.
0: Subconsciously. Yes, subconsciously. Yeah. It is. And then you know, 15% of communication is roughly what you actually say, which should take some of the pressure off. Yep. but also add pressure on the other end of your nonverbal. So So it's, it's I, you, tough.
1: You know this, sir. I love to preach and I, I do. I want to die. I don't want to be remembered as a really good preacher. Right. But one thing that I think I get a little more enjoyment of than even preaching is when we have on a Sunday morning, a first time guest come uh-huh. in. Maybe it's a couple, it's <laughs> a family. And I rem- I meet them. I got their names. Often you and I do this. We'll go on the side. These are little tips, guys. You go on the side and you write their name in your phone. Right. Right? So after writing their name on the phone, you're kind of thinking about it through the week. These are also great things. You send them a text message. We, Freedom, we write handwritten cards. We'll send them to them. So after the first three or four days, these names have already been in my head three or four times. Yes, right. So it makes me really happy, even sometimes even more than a great sermon, is when I'm outside in the parking lot and I see this first-time family that came last week. Uh-huh. They come this second Sunday and when they're getting out of their car, I yell all of their names as loud as they can. And it's so fun. It's like home run, <laughs> jackpot. Uh, yeah. Because they're like, no way, these people remember my name. Yeah. I'm in and out. This is a big church. No one cares. And you come back, and the executive pastor is yelling their name yeah. across the parking lot. Yeah. To me, it's home run.
0: Yeah, the executive pastor. But it would, I think, it would have just about the same effect if it was just Anybody. one person yes. that remembered it i mean just anyone that they and they had a passing conversation with i yes. mean you didn't get to know every detail about their life or what's going on in their world right now or how they just moved from california and they're just getting used to our sweet tea and our bugs yes. you know we're not remembering that we're remembering just their name so yeah and, that's good and
1: that's why Sterling it's easier than you think yeah. just remember a name so here's a little tips that i use yeah. fake book is an easy tip to remember people's names. That's Facebook to everyone who does. The, there's sometimes that I forget the wife's name. Right. But I go on Facebook and I look at the husband and I see his, oh, boom. And then so when I walk up, I know both of their names. Right. Right. Not just male, not just female. Right. Uh, there's times we have a computer software here at the church called CCB. Yeah. And I will, there's sometimes I forget. And I'll pull up that real quick. I see them walking across the hallway.
0: What's the name? Name? And I'll pull it up real quick and remember. So then when I greet them, I've got the name. But if you wrote those names down and remember that moment. And one tip, this is a, a lot of detail, but one tip that really helps me too is, writing down the place that I had that conversation yes. with them. So if I had a conversation on the stairway, at the bottom of the stairway, that helps me. Uh, if I had a conversation in the front of the, the worship center, then that helps me. If I had a conversation with them at their car in the parking lot, that helps me. If I had a conversation with them at Grandscape, you know, by the fountain when I was having dinner with my family and I met this great couple and we talked for, you know, 15 minutes... I write that down, Uh, Brian and Marissa from Grandscape, you know, and you have those moments where you, that helps me place where they were to help remember them more.
1: No, absolutely. And you say, how do we connect? It's easier than we think. We remember names, but you got to work at it. It's not going to come easy. There are still a lot of people in this church that I don't, honestly, I don't know their names. But the ones that I do, I do. And here's why. I say their names over and over. So for me, it's repetition. Even in a conversation, when I meet someone for the first time, they say their name. I mentally put it over the side. And within that three-minute conversation, I try to say their name three or four times. Because if I can say it three or four times, it's here. It's locked. So remember people's names, the body language. I also think that for us to connect, we got to, we've said this before, walk a little slower. Yeah. And be a little bit more approachable. Yeah. And I get into this as a weakness. I walk I fast. Me too. Me I too. move fast. And fast-moving people
0: sometimes are not approachable. Yeah. And at church, even though it's the end of the week, uh, and you're tired from your, your long work week, and you're thinking about the next one coming up, Taking that time and stopping is really key.
1: Oh, absolutely! I love it when I see people in the church on fake book or whatever, and they're they're going and doing light things together. Yeah, it means because here's you got to retrace the steps of what we're talking about. It means at some point on a Sunday or Wednesday they were in the coffee shop, they're in the sanctuary, and they dropped their pride. Yeah, they humbled themselves. They had a conversation. Found out a little bit about each other. Not not a five-hour conversation, yeah. a little bit. Oh, I like the Republican Party. <laughs> Oop, next thing you know, they're at a convention together. Ooh. Hey, <laughs> I, I like golfing. Next thing you know, they're playing 18 holes. Right. Hey, I like boating. And the next thing you know, they're out on a sailboat. Yeah. Uh, whatever it is, at some point, retrace the steps yeah. from the fake book picture. Yeah. Retrace the steps. You saw there was a connection. Yeah. They dropped their pride, yeah. and they had a conversation. They walked a little slower. They found out about somebody. And then to me, that's what sparks the explosion of the relationship that's going to happen yeah. over the next five to ten years, maybe. Yes. Of these two men or these two women coming together.
0: Yes, and and and, st- and to take off some of the pressure of maybe some of the men, there's a statement that's meant a lot to me uh, when it comes to just people. You do for one what you wish you could do for all. Beautiful. And that doesn't give you an excuse not to do it as mu- to, to as mu- many people as possible to care for them to 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 connect to them, but sometimes especially if you don't have the bandwidth emotionally too uh, making one or two connections not maybe 15 people on a sunday morning but one or two being very intentional about those and then following up with those and i also want to say too i just think this is so important we don't we're not asking for people to to do this and force it, yes. Uh, if it's not a natural kind of connection, then it, you guys aren't gonna you know become lifelong friends and soulmates. I get that, like that's fine. Uh, soulmates is a funny word, yep. but but really, you're you don't have to force it. Yep. You know this isn't. Um, speed dating or anything like
1: that Yeah, and it it doesn't mean the first connection you're going to go every thursday to have coffee yeah it may be coffee once a month yeah it may be the dirt track every other month yeah you know i mean whatever that connection is just two quick things i wanted to give before we close and i know we're running out of time here is number one when it comes to connecting the how-to i just don't think i'm that cool Hmm. And all of us have to drop that and go, I'm not that cool. But us men, we want to be cool. We want to be the tough guy. I'm not that cool. I'm not cool enough that I can't go have a conversation with you. I'm not cool enough that I can't go and put myself out there to be the one that connects first. Just not that cool. And then here's my second rule. Whatever it is I'm doing, I try not to do it alone. So if I love a baseball game... Do I want to take somebody on a baseball game? It's a quick text. It's a quick phone I love the dirt track. It's a quick phone call to three or four friends. Yeah. Let's go to the dirt track. Tennis, yes. fishing, T- hunting, whatever yeah. it is you do, whatever your passion is, just don't do it alone. Yeah, You can't take all 55,000 guys out of this Metroplex to do it. Right. You can't even take probably five from Freedom, but you could take one. Yeah. So what if you went to that Republican Party convention? Yeah. Or what if you went fishing and you called up one friend
0: from Freedom? The church grows and you grow. And that's the goal of freedom. Man. Yeah, and that person gets connected to, they find healing from a relationship that they didn't have before uh, when they thought no one cared about them, I'm unconnected. And there's only a certain amount of time someone will even stay around somewhere while they're unconnected. Yes. Uh, If they don't get connected within a certain window of time, then they're not going to stay. They'll say that place, no one ever cared about me. No one knows who I am there. They don't make any, you know, efforts to care. Uh, And and so, yeah, you're right. Making that can change those lives.
1: Connection first. We can make the difference here, freedom. And we can be men of connection. Sterling, why don't you pray us out of here today?
0: Lord, I thank you so much for the guys that are listening to this podcast. I thank you for their lives, for their experiences, their pains, their successes in life. And God, I just pray that you show them... uh, that you're asking them and you're asking us to have a humble heart and attitude towards others and towards our, with ourselves. So God, I just pray that you uh, soften our hearts. Let us know who it is that we can connect to. Let us even be thinking about people in a different way, The people yes. that maybe we can uh, start to try to build a relationship with that we've never uh, really pursued before to connect with and build a friendship. And God, I, I pray that we can have that courage and, uh, and, and build some trust between other men. And I thank you so much for the group of guys that are here and that will continue to be coming here and connecting. And we thank you for everything that you're doing in this place and in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray these things, amen.
1: Amen, amen. See you guys
0: in October. Yes, check out the email for resources if you'd like them. We've got those three resources to download and uh, it's gonna be good. What are we doing in October? October we're going to the races. Yes!
1: Finally, Freedom Inn at Devil's Bowl. Devil's Bowl, man. You gotta make it happen. It's gonna be good. And the
0: next podcast
1: yep. is all about being a great husband. Yeah.
0: I thought you were going to whisper it. I was excited. Okay, that sounds good. We're looking forward to it. See you guys then.